Oh shit, yes, and that's right, we putting in work today baby boy Welcome to another motherfucking episode of Chin Check And um, yo, we are looking at all the fun from Fight Island The last Fight Island card So um, hey, sit back, relax, chill And let's take a look back at uh, Whitaker v Till Okay people, so it is done UFC on ESPN 14, Whitaker v Till, the final card on Fight Island, and um, yo, this was fun, right, it was a, a huge card, you know, 15 fights, and we had some crazy matchups, and it really did deliver, right, I think we got some incredible fights, some crazy finishes, some results that you didn't see coming, you know what I mean, some crazy performances, it was great, it really was, and it all started off in the bantamweight division, we had um, Nathaniel Wood against John Castandia, uh, and that was a decent fight. It was a um a replacement because Wood was meant to be fighting Umar Numamagedov, but um you know because of um you know Khabib losing his father, that fight fell through. So Castadea stepped in. Um. And I think it was said on the broadcast that they were are kind of similar fighters, and they really were. You know, it, they really did match up well. Like, um, I think this fight, it was such a fun fight, right? And I think the thing that separated it, the thing that really separated this fight, was the fact that Wood was putting together combinations. Right, so, um, Caston Deer, like, he was landing, he landed some good shots, but it seemed that he was kind of throwing singles, right, he would throw a leg kick and a punch, but he didn't put his punches together, really, and Wood did, Wood put together some really good combinations, you know, he even, he dropped Cassandeo with um a good one too in oh gosh I think it was the third round right I think it was the third round um and the other big thing about this fight Woodlandy takedowns right so Cassandeo did a great job of getting up of scrambling but Wood was still able to take him down. Yo, know, his leg kick attack, you know, just 
eating that calf. Oh, you could see that that was affecting Cassandea, uh, and Cassandea seemed to start to fade. Like would seem to be good to go all the way through, but yeah, I think we saw Cassandea. You know, he he started to flag halfway through the second round. Like not like to a crazy extent. You know what I mean? It wasn't like hands on the hips and he's blowing. But the output did wane a little. It did slightly drop off, which was just great for Wood. Because he just kept up what he was doing. And he did a great job. And especially off the Dobson fight, we saw improvements. Right? We saw him put things together. He kept his guard up. I mean, his guard was a bit open in the middle, but other than that, I think yeah, would would put things together nicely. So it was a it was a definitely a great win for him, and you know, it, I think it was a clear win. You know, there was talk in the corner at times, um, but yeah, I you know, would didn't lose a round, right? But. Not to say that Cassandea didn't show and prove. He, he, you know, he came, he fought, he did a great job, right? So um, I don't know what extent of a camp he had for this fight. So it will be interesting to see in his next fight, right? Um, but yeah, it was decent, right? So uh, the next fight was in the welterweight division. We had Ramazan Emev. Against Nicholas Stoltz And um, You know Stoltz was a Replacement for uh, Shavkat Rakamov Who um, I think he I think he withdrew Oh I think he withdrew Because of um, I think it was Far right leanings it it was I think it was that or COVID, right? I can't remember because I know someone got pulled because uh, connections, which were, yeah weren't good. But um, it was that or it was COVID, one of the two. I can't remember, but it did mean that Stoltz was able to um step up, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, do his thing, right? And I think what we saw, Stoltz had a good first round, right? Uh, he was very competitive in the first. So, um, you know, Emev, he, uh, yeah, he would get takedowns, but Stoltz was able to get up straight away. You know, he, like, Emov couldn't hold him. And, um, yeah, Stoltz landed some good shots. You know, he was attacking the calf. You know, he landed a big knee at the end that kind of, you felt it kind of rocked Emev a bit, right? And, um, yeah, he was very competitive, right? If it wasn't for the takedowns, you know, you would wonder who won that first. Because Stoltz landed well, you know, he was in it, but then... You know, second, third round, Emov kind of took over. You know, I think Stoltz slowed, 
And I think you can get, you can understand that, right? So taking a fight on short notice and just, you know, the grind of being taken down so much in that first round, right? Being taken down and the energy to get back up. Because he got back up, but that's energy. That's energy. Then the body shots he ate, you know, it, it takes your toll, right? So... I mean, you know, Stokes, he did get a takedown in the third, you know, he was able to do that, but really, Emov did just take over in the last two rounds, but again, I think we did see some good stuff from Stokes, you know, so it will be interesting to see how he is in the next fight when he has a full, you know, a full camp behind him, you know, but, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a performance that you could, you know, you should hang your head in shame, you know, he, he, he did come out to fight, right, it was just, Emov, he's very complete, you know, he was, the way he put things together, his counters, just the way he was taking him, you know, Stoltz down, it, it was very slick, you know, so Emov, yeah, he's definitely one to watch in the world to weight division, you know, um, hey, we then go to the women's bantamweight division, okay, so we had Besh Kohera, Against some um, Pani Kanzad, right? And um, I wasn't quite sure, you know, leading into this fight. Because, you know, I think we've been seen both be kind of inconsistent. But this fight, oh my days. Yo, you know what I mean? I think we saw tonight Kanzad's best performance she has had in the octagon, she really kind of put it together, now, I think it was interesting, because when Carrera came into the octagon, like, she did a, a kind of a circuit around, and she kind of, you know, turned to face Kinzad as she passed her, but it really did look like Kara was kind of running in quicksand. She looked really sluggish just in that. And so you just thought, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I think this fight isn't going to go how, you know, I kind of expected it to go. Right? Because you're thinking, all right, Carrera might take it. Because she's shown a better consistency. But yeah, she looked sluggish. And Kanzad just she was able to keep it at range, fight behind that jab, utilize the kicks, just to keep her, you know, the distance. And Carrera was having real difficulty getting inside. Because that's where she was able to do anything. You know, sometimes in the clinch, she landed, you know, some good body shots, a couple of overhands. But even in the clinch, Kanzad just, there was a point and she just landed multiple knees. 
that really kind of hurt Carrera. Like, can that just put together a great performance? You know? Um, and in that first round, the to just to kind of show that Carrera was off tonight, we had the 10-second clapper. And Carrera was just like, all right. You know, she, she nodded and turned around to walk back to her corner. And it's just like, wait, it's not done. It's not done. So, yeah, Kinsad was just like, wait, what? And she's like, all right. <laughs> and Kava just, you know, landed some good shots, which, not cheating. You know what I mean? Not cheating at all. Like, Guerrera fucked up. She really fucked up. So, second round. And again, Kensad was just putting it together. And what made her, you know, take damage was she just slipped. There was a point she just slipped on the canvas. And so, she went down. So, Kerr was able to get on top and land some ground and pound. Ground, ground, pound. Land, ground and pound. So, that's really where Kensad you know, took all her damage, and I think if it wasn't for that, it would have, you know, been an even cleaner performance, and it, the odd thing was, so, Carrera's on top, and she's able to, you know, do her best work, but then she just lets Kinsad up, and you're just like, wait, what are you doing, like, what's going on here? Yeah, there was no reason for her to let her up, but she did. It's not like Kara is having a great job on the feet. But yeah, Kenzad was able to get up then. And um, yeah, she was then able to end the round well. And she did end the round well. You know, just tagging Carrera, um, landing some good kicks. And in the third round, you know, because all throughout, like, Carrera was trying to take Kinzad down. Kinzad was stuffing the attempts. In the third round, it continued. Like, um, Kinzad landed a great one-two that just clearly rocked Carrera. Like, Kinzad's hands looked good. They looked really crisp tonight. And... You know, Carrera finally got a takedown in the last 10 seconds. But literally then did nothing. Didn't throw one shot. Didn't throw one shot. It was insane. But yeah, that it was a great, great performance from Kinsad. And as I said, probably the best we have seen from her in the UFC. You know? So, hey, let's see um how she, you know, goes from here. Because if she keeps up that performance, you know, I don't know. Who knows what she could become, right? I don't think she'd win the bantamweight belt right now. But I think she could definitely get top 10, you know? And she could beat people, you know, some, like, high up. So, yeah, it'll be interesting, right? Um, but yeah, next we go to the heavyweight division, and we get to see a returnee, 
a returnee from an earlier Fight Island card, Tanaboza. He's back, and this time he's fighting Rafael Pesosa. And um, yeah, Pesosa came in heavy, two sixty four, and I thought. When I saw that in the weighings, I thought, that's going to be problematic, right? And he did look big. He looked big. But, uh, yeah, it was problematic. Like, one of the first things um, Pezoza did was throw a spinning back kick. But he was nowhere in range, right? And so it seemed like... Wait, why do you want to throw a a high-energy technique, right, when you're you're heavy? And, yeah, you don't want to fuck your cardio, man. So that was a bit like, oh, that's not good. But Bowser, his movement was, hey, his movement was on point, right? And he was attacking the legs. So he was just doing everything right. So Poser tried to rush forward. But, you know, he wasn't able to land. Poser was just moving out the way. You know, always a step ahead. Right? And so Poser, he threw an overhand. Right? Threw an overhand. It it connected and like Piozo kind of he stumbled back and then he kind of just went down right um and uh yeah it it, it was an odd it was an odd situation you know but you know i don't know because it did go to the second round right so we give um Piozo that but yeah you know when he went down, Bowser just followed up and then unloaded. Unloaded. And a referee, hey, he had to call it. It was a great display by Bowser. It, it really was. You know? And you kind of felt, hey, he possibly could have done it sooner. You know, but in that first round, he's just moving, trying to size up the situation. You know, but yeah, like he he called out um Morris Green, um after the fight. But there's definitely you kind of watch this and you think, oh, Bowser could do work in the heavyweight division. You know, he really could. So if he doesn't get that green fight, there are definitely some other fights that you would like to see him up against, you know? So yeah, some interesting things are ahead for him, I feel. Uh but then we we drop down to the featherweight division and we've got Mike Grundy against Moza Ivalev. Now this was an interesting fight. It really was because Grundy looked sensational in the first round. He was just putting everything together so well. He he landed, you know, some nice combinations on the feet. 
And whenever Ivalov, you know, because he was throwing some sharp hands too, right? But as soon as that happened, Grundy was timing the level change to perfection and hitting a takedown. Now, Ivalov usually got up, right? But, you know, the first takedown, right, Ivalov gets up and then goes to throw a combination. Grundy avoided the shots and just hit another takedown. It really was slick, right? So that's what was happening. And, you know, it was just like, oh, Grundy is looking good. He went for a dance. I went for a dance and he went in hard for that dance. And we, you know, it did look close, right? But Evelov's escape was, whoo! He did a great escape. You know, got up. And I think he then landed a, oh man, he landed a huge right. Huge right that. Just straight away, Grundy's eye, man, he swelled the fuck out of Grundy's eye, yo, now, Grundy, he was rocked from that, right, but he was able to keep his wits and hit a takedown just as the round ended, right, so you're thinking, oh, you know, Evilov started to come back, but yeah, Grundy finished with that takedown, so you think, alright, he won that round, you know, Grundy won that round, but I think the two big things from that round were Grundy trying for the dance, I think he kind of wore his arms out, and then taking that huge shot, so coming into the second, I think he was still kind of stunned, Right, because then we just see him, yo, because as I said, look, in the first round, he was hitting takedowns. Now, Evil got up, but they were well timed, they were slick. Second round onwards, Grundy was shooting from way out. Yo, they weren't set up, they were just kind of sloppy. Now, he was still able to get, I think he got a cup. But they, yeah, they were just through pure grind. You know, it, they weren't slick like what we were seeing. And now Grundy's lunging. It's a completely different Grundy that we're seeing. But we're still seeing the same Evilev. Evilev is still sharp hands, you know, super slick. And where in the first round, Grundy could avoid the hands, right? Because he was still on it. He was still sharp. Now, he's, his arms are way down. You know, his guard, yeah, he's kind of given up the guard. So he's eating shots. He's taking kicks. You know, he's getting punished for sloppy takedowns. It was interesting. Yo, even like he hit a great head kick. He really was kind of rocking Grundy. Now Grundy, like 
Yes, he was he worn out. Was he tired? Was he rocked? Yes, he was. But I think it's his great conditioning that kept him in that fight. Right? I think if Grundy didn't have the conditioning that he does, he probably would have been finished or he he would have just you know, succumbed, right, because Ivalov was pouring it on, he was just, you know, putting everything together so well, but yeah, Grundy was able to see it through, but Ivalov took that decision, you know, and um, yeah, he did put on a great display, right, Uh, but, you know, Grundy will be back, Right, Grundy will be back, and Ivalov, yo, you know what I mean? Hey, let's see, um, yeah, what happened with him in this division, because he looked good, he definitely looked good, so, um, hey, maybe he can get himself in, you know, title consideration, if he can put together a nice string of victories, who knows? I think he's definitely got potential, right? But uh, yeah, we'll see. So our next matchup at heavyweight, we had Tom Aspinall against Jake Collier. Now, Aspinall, he was a um, another one of these heavyweights that came in super heavy. So he also came in at 264. And you're thinking, ooh, that's big. That's really fucking big. Um, and Arsenal, man. God damn, he put on one hell of a debut performance. So straight away, you just saw his movement. His movement was on point. Right? On point. And he was just able to avoid... Collier's shots. Um, he he, I mean Aspinall hit a knee up the middle, right? Hit a knee up the middle, then a stiff left, and um, he put him down with a right. Put him down with a right. It was ah oh, just phenomenal. And yeah, I think I think Cully was out with the right, right? Um, I think uh, yeah, I think he hit a couple on the ground, but you know, I think it was all said and done as soon as that right hit his chin. It was just pinpoint accuracy, phenomenal performance from Aspinall. Oh man, so yeah, that was a uh, great debut. And uh, so then we go to our last, oh no, it was the second to last, right? So welterweight fight, uh, Jesse Ronson was making his, you know, return to the UFC. You know, he'd, uh, he'd, you know, been there before, lost all three fights, split decisions, but he lost them. Um, So he's coming back. And fighting Nicholas Dolby. Now, and the other thing, Ronson doesn't usually fight at welterweight. Usually fights at lightweight, right? And I think, I 
think that was part of what happened, right? I really do. I really do. Because Dolby, he was super confident. He was super confident, came out with the leg kicks. You know, he was landing, you know, really putting everything into them. Like, he, his guard was kind of down. He wasn't fully up. Like, Ronson landed a straight at the start. And I just don't think Dolby respected the power. Right? I, I kind of felt that Dolby figured, hey, he's a lightweight. He's a lightweight. And he ate that first jab and just was like, eh, you know what? That's fine, man. I don't. Yeah, that's not doing anything. Yeah, I can walk through those shots. So, Dolby, you know, he continued with the leg kicks. You know, and they were landing really well. But he just went in. He went in. His guard wasn't completely up. And he got caught. He got caught with a... Uh, I think it was a right. Got caught with a right. Goes down, right? Ronson follows him, lands some big elbows, lands some big elbows, gets into mount, continues with the ground and pound, right? And he lands another big elbow. And I think that big elbow is very important, right? Because then Dolby. He turns, right? He turns away and Ronson straight away goes for the neck, right? Goes for the neck, wraps up the rear naked and Dolby taps. And what we see, you know, Dolby didn't, he hadn't completely turned all the way around. Right, so it wasn't like he'd gone belly down. He had started to turn away because you know didn't want to eat any more of those big friggin' elbows. So he's turned away, and yeah, then the rear naked goes in and he taps. And yeah, I I think it's he just took so much damage from those elbows, right? But I just all think it started because. He didn't think Rumpton had the power to hurt him. And Rumpton gets his big win in the UFC. Right? It was a sensational return. It really was. You know, well played to Rumpton. So our last fight on the prelims was Francisco Trinaldo against Jay Herbert. Who was making his UFC debut. And this fight was heartbreaking. Oh my god. It really was. It was so heartbreaking man. Because. Herbert was looking pretty sensational. He really was looking good. Right so. He came out was showing great movement, was using his jab well, throwing some kicks. Um, Trinaldo hit a heavy body kick, right? 
that you could see, oh, that made Herbert think, right? That kind of stunned him a little, which enabled Trinaldo to get a takedown, right? So he gets a takedown. Herbert is able to scramble and get up, right? Um, And yeah, Herbert is now working great on his feet. Working great on his feet. Um, Trinaldo does get another takedown, but Herbert's able to get up again. You know, and yeah, Herbert's doing some good work, man. He's landing, you know, in a clinch, he lands some big knees, big knees that um, you feel rock Trinaldo. And Herbert gets a takedown. You know, so it was. First round, sensational round, really, for Herbert. He he was putting in some great work, right? Um, now, in the second round, um, again, he continues that work, landing some great hands, right? And he puts Trinaldo down with a good one, too, right? Takes Trinaldo's back, right? Really trying to get that rear naked choke. He's looking sensational, right? So, there, you know, Trinaldo was able to eventually spin um, and get on top, you know, but Herbert, he, he was able to get back to his feet. And, um, yeah, you know, continue to work, right? In the third round, in the third round, you know, Herbert's continuing to look good. Continuing to look really good. Just sensational. And, oh, man, Trinaldo lands... A big overhand that catches Herbert on the top of his head. You know, and Herbert, it's kind of like, you could see it's one of those shots that fucks with your equilibrium. And Herbert, it was kind of delayed, but he then goes down. But he goes down in a fashion that you're like, okay, alright, I think we're done. Right? And you could see Herbert wasn't quite sure where he was. At, for a few seconds. Now, when he eventually gets up, he's it's now all cleared, right? So he's cool, but the way he went down and everything like that, it was not good. And it was to an extent where Trinaldo doesn't do anything, right? He's looking at Herb Dean like, nah. But Herb's just like, nope. And... Yo, makes Ronaldo land some shots that really did not need to be thrown. And so, yeah, then he calls it. So, Ronaldo gets the win. Gets the win, you know. It was just gutting because Herbert was looking so good. So good. And, you know, like, Ronaldo came in heavy and all of that. But, you know, then... Um, you know, Herb Dean after the fight, because Dan Hardy was like going, stop the fight, stop the fight, 
You know, but as everyone is just like, why is this fight not being stopped? Just the way Herbert went down. So then Herb Dean goes over to Dan Hardy. It's all off camera, but yeah, here Hardy just giving it to Herb Dean. And, hey, yeah, you, you can't really fault Hardy. Yeah, I don't think Hardy was trying for it to be heard. You know what I mean? But it's just, hey, it's an empty arena. You know, so the sound carries, right? Because the thing is, in the Bozer fight, Herb wrecked that. And he let, you know, Bozer land a few shots, you know, that you're kind of like, ah, oh, I think Paseza is done. You know, and and it kind of went on a little bit longer than it really had to. So when the same thing happened in this fight, and there's you know, Dan, he calls the cage raid the cage um, cage warriors is it yeah cage warriors um cards in the UK, so he he you know I mean he's in contact with those guys he knows those guys. So, yeah, I think it's partly that, too. And so, yeah, it, it was it was a little crazy, but I definitely don't think what Hardy said was at fault. You know, I think it's, it's fair. Because the referees don't ever, you know, they don't really pay for bad decisions. Now, I think there's been times when Dana has, like, said... He doesn't want certain referees refing. But you see them refing. It's not yes, they might not ref UFC events, but yes, see them refing other events. Like you see them refing Bellator and other organizations, right? So it's not like people really pay for the bad decisions they make. You know what I mean? So um yeah. That's how the prelims went. Now, it was a great fight. It was heartbreaking because, you know, yeah, thought Herbert was going to make a great debut. But I think what he showed, though, was, you know, he definitely could be a threat at lightweight. Right? Um, now, Trinaldo, he's, he did say in his post-fight interview that he's going to move up. He's going to move up to welterweight because, yeah, he, he can't make that cut. Can't make that lightweight cut anymore. So, um, you know. <laughs> At least we won't have this situation again. Um, but, yeah, no, we saw some sensational fights on the prelims. And, uh, yeah, all leading into, you know, what was a great main card. Okay, so the first fight on the main card was actually originally... The last fight of the prelims. Yeah, I was a little thrown. A little thrown. But, yo, we got Kazmat Chimev against Reese McKee in the welterweight division. And this fight, oh my god. Oh my god. It was insane. Chimev is a monster. And like the first fight 
You know what I mean? Last Wednesday. You can look at that and go, hey, that was a great performance. But, yeah, no. Like, it was the right time, right place, right? Then motherfucker goes, does it again? (laughs) Oh, shit. Like, Chimavain, a joke. For real, though. Like, I've seen McGee fight in Cage Warriors. And... He's good. Like, he's legitimately good. So, I'm thinking, yeah, no, Skeletor can use his, you know, the reach, keep it at range. No. Chimov straight away, body lock, looking for that takedown. And you think, oh, McGee's doing a good job. Because at first it looks like he's going to get slammed. Voids the slam. So, you're like, all right. Cool, cool. Let's see what happens here. And um, Chimov, you know, he's trying to, you know, go get that back, right? Dropping some horrible ground and pound. Horrible ground. Jesus, man. Those shots? Fuck. That was some nasty ass shit, right? So he's dropping that, looking for the rear naked. McGee's fighting it, but he is eating so much. So many shots. It it was, yo, ref had to call it, man. And thank God he did, because, oi, that was insane. Like, I didn't think um, Chimov got hit last time out, but, hey, looks like, um, Phillips got off two shots, I don't remember those two shots, but supposedly Phillips got off two, this time, nothing, I think it was something silly, like, 160 shots, it was something silly, it, it was insane, Chimov, he's a beast, I'm really fucking curious to see who gets matched up next, and what the hell happens? Because I don't even know, man. I don't even fucking know. Like, could he compete against like Usman? I don't know. It'd be interesting, right? But uh, hey, maybe we will see that in a year or two. You know, hey, like with the way things are. You know what I mean? COVID and everything like that. That opportunity might get closer than you think. You know? Hey, Izzy did it in a year, so who knows, right? Um, Definitely going to be an interesting one to watch. But also, though, also, like, this was a crazy short camp for McGee. So, I think it was like six days, something silly, right? So, it will be interesting to see him in his next fight, full camp, be able just to do what we know he can do, you know? But, uh, yeah, we stay in the welterweight division. Next fight, Alex Oliveira against Peter Sabota. Um... Yeah, crazy, like, interesting Sabota was coming out And there was a Jamaican flag By his name, and I'm thinking Wait, no, he's German Like, what's what's happening here? I was wondering if it was a typo or something But no, supposedly he was representing Jamaica Which, yeah 
definitely, um, yeah, I did not know about that. So that was interesting. But the fight, right? This fight, man, I think Oliveira just had too much. You know, he just had too many tools for Sabota, right? And look, Sabota is tough. The, you know, he's had a injury play career. So, you know, he's been around the same amount of time as Oliveira. But, yeah, just injured. So many injuries. So he has not got the same amount of fights. Right? And I just think that probably hampered his, you know, development. Because Oliveira just has more skills. Just more variety and ways to win. And that's what we saw. I mean... Apart from the fouls, <laughs> because Oliver did land a few fouls, right? But I think even if we take away the eye pokes, the low kicks, I don't think that's changing this fight. I mean, I definitely know that ain't changing this fight. Like, Sabota was trying to take him down, couldn't get a takedown. And in that second round, the amount of Travis Brown elbows that Sabota ate. It's just, oh, I don't think we've ever seen anyone, like, you know, I mean, after eating those sort of elbows, really kind of come back in a good way. I think as soon as you start to get those, you need to get the fuck out of there, because Sabota definitely looked a bit wonky after that exchange, right? And um, yeah, Oliveira just put it on him, put it on him. Um, you know, Sabota stayed in there, right? Was able to see out the whole fight, all of that. But yeah, it it was Oliveira all the way, really. To be honest, um. Then we went to light heavyweight and we had Paul Craig against um uh, Gad Zimod Antalaigov. I uh, I know I just butchered that name. The Russian names are so fucking difficult. So difficult. Whoo! But this, oh my days, this fight. Right, Paul Craig is that dude that pulls pulls it out. Pulls it out at the last minute, right? The amount of times he has done that. So this time, it was just like, you know what? Yeah, I don't want to do that shit anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just going to... I'm just going to get this one over quick. And, hey, we saw... It was a great performance, right? Um, now, so Craig was working the hands, he was working the hands, didn't look bad, stand-up didn't look bad, but Antelugov, you know, he was just a bit like, you know what, nah, and he went for a takedown, but I think the big thing is, you saw that Craig, as soon as um, Antelugov went in on the takedown, Craig just accepted it. Right, he, he didn't try and fight it, and when I say accepted it, it's not like we see sometimes when someone has no takedown offense. No, Craig was just like, okay, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? I wasn't going to go down, um, you know what I mean? I wasn't going to take it to the mat this early, but if you want to do that shit, fine. Yeah, let's go, motherfucker. All right. So, um, yeah, he's cool. And he um, goes straight for the guillotine. Goes straight for the guillotine. He can't get it. Can't get it. But that's fine. He throws up the legs, right? Throws up the legs. And he he doesn't have a triangle, but he kind of crosses his ankles. You know what I mean? So he TPs his ankles. And... Antelugov is, you know, he, he's dropping elbows. But every time he drops an elbow, this is the thing, right? You're going further into Craig's guard. Which means you're moving down. So he's able to reposition those legs. You know, to get deeper in to what he wants. So, and, you know, he's turning his head, try avoiding, like, a big part of the impact of the shots coming down at him. And, yeah, you, you just see him repositioning his legs. You know, the, getting closer to the triangle. Closer to the triangle. You know, which you're just thinking, oh. Antelugov doesn't really seem to be paying much attention to this shit. Hmm. This might not be good. Right? This might not be good for him. And, uh, yeah, so, eventually, Craig has, you know, the leg across the back. Other one in the L. He's got that triangle. Doesn't have the arm across, though. Right, doesn't have the arm across, but that's fine. It's fine because he then just, you know, he grabs the um, he grabs his arm and um, grabs the leg so he can't move, and then just squeezes. Just gets that squeeze on. And I mean, at that moment, Antelugov is probably thinking, Oh, fuck, I should have moved. Uh, that's my uh, Russian. That's what I'm thinking he was saying in his head. Uh, you know, yeah, he, he probably realized, ah, shit. And um, I had to tap. So that was a great performance from Craig. Go. Um, I think it's like two minutes into the first round. So, definitely a quick one for Craig, man. And yeah, definitely all good. So, uh, I'm interested to see where Beju goes from here. As he's definitely the dark horse of that light heavyweight division, I feel, you know. Um, so, then we go to the strawweight division. We got Marina Rodriguez. The unbeaten... Marina Rodriguez at the time against Carla Esparza, you know, the former first ever UFC strawweight champion. Um, and yeah, Carla had been on a bit of a, you know, she'd been doing her thing. Carla been doing her thing. So it's just like, oh, how is this fight going to go? Right. How is this fight going to go? 
Um, because Rodriguez had the larger reach. But, hey, when is that not the case? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, when is that not the case with little old Cookie Monster? So, it, it was an interesting one. And what I kind of figured, right, going into this fight, um, was Carla's wrestling. Right, her wrestling is so good. That is often the thing that really decides shit. And that was the case, man. Carla was looking great. Carla was looking real great. And it was just Carla that nearly fucked this one up, right? I mean, she was looking really good. And she nearly fucked it up. Right, and her corner let her know that. Let her know that. At the oh at the end of that second round. Man. <laughs> but hey, she needed that. Right? Because she we didn't see her do it again. So here's the thing. First round Carla is, you know, she's doing a good job kind of avoiding the strikes. She's even landing her own stuff. But she's getting a takedown And she's heavy on top Working Doing a thing Landing some shots But Out of nowhere Out of fucking nowhere She drops back with a heel hook Drops back with a heel hook And it's like it Makes no sense Because Carla's the smaller out of the two Which means Rodriguez has the reach to smack the shit out of her as she's fallen back and can't defend herself. So, you know, she'd been doing such a great job in that first round and then she's eating a crazy amount of shots, right? So you did wonder who who they given that first round to. Right, who are they going to give that to? Because Carla was winning it, but she gave up. I think it was a minute and a half, something like that, because she dropped back for the for the leg. So second round, she comes out, and you know she's avoid shots, gets a takedown, and again she's doing work. But this time she leaves it, I think, with 30 seconds left or, or, you know, something like that, right? And she drops back again and the same thing happens. She gets fucked up and it's just like, there was no need for it. Like, what are you doing? There is no need for that, right? Because it just opens you up. And yeah, corner letter rabbit. So the third round, third round, we saw just you know a better um, Esparza. You know, saw a, um, a, a a better experience, right? And yeah, she uh, you know she maneuvered, she avoided, she got hit a few times, but. She was able to um, get the takedown, land ground and pound, and um, do all of that. You know, so, and that's how she ended it as well. 
you know, with ground and pound and a takedown. And, uh, yeah, she gets that split decision, which, you know, I can understand, right? Because, yeah, it, it was just those two leg lock attempts. You know, she's winning the round up until that point. So, you know, uh, but, yeah, I am very glad she got the decision. But she did look good. She did look really good. Um... It's an interesting one. I don't see her beating Wiley Zhang. You know? I think Zhang's could be a bit too strong for her. I think she might be able to just shrug off those takedown attempts and that kind of thing. But I don't know. Who knows, right? But I think Esparza definitely, you know, she's putting herself in a good situation. So, uh, yeah, be interesting to see where she goes next. But, hey, now we get into those last three huge fights, right? All these fights could, you know, headline pay-per-views. Have big-ass fights, man. So we got Fabricio Verdum against Alexander Gustafsson. And, um, yeah, it's Gustafsson's heavyweight debut. Um, now, we had heard that they trained before, you know, and it, it seemed that maybe Gustafsson had had the, the better of those exchanges, right? I think that was, it's probably evident, right? I think that was kind of clear with what we saw. There's Gustafsson... He just looked loose, right? He looked real loose, real comfortable. And I think it was just like, eh, I don't think you got anything for me, man. I'm cool, right? That's that's what it seemed like in there, right? But he came out, he hit double jab, you know? He he was throwing some good hands up in there. Um, Doom was going with leg kicks and all of that, but... Yeah, Gustafsson was just landing well. You know, he, he was landing well. And you could see that the Doom wouldn't want to be in that situation for much longer. So the Doom goes, goes in and goes for the takedown hard. Gustafsson fights it off. Fights it off. He's doing a good job. But I think he was a little too confident with his efforts. So he kind of goes to walk away. And Gustafsson, you know, he's still pushing and kind of trips him up. Trips him up. Gustafsson goes down and Vadum, you know, he's on him. On him and... Yeah, it's, it's where you do not want to be, right? So, the Doom is, you know, on his back, um, transitions to an armbar. And there, you're just like, oh, how? And there's a few kind of things where you're just like, oh, guff, you know, like, how's he going to fight this? And I think he did... Go to stack the doom, 
But the Doom was able to kind of trip him up, get him back to the ground. And, yeah, then it was just... You know, it looked like he had broken the grip. Gustafson was able to regain the grip, but eh, just wasn't as tight, right? So then the Doom extends the arm, and Gus, he taps straight away, right? Because I just think... Look, you know that if you're not really a jiu-jitsu practitioner, right? If you're not training that shit every fucking day and with the highest caliber of people, you don't want to be there with your arm extended. We've seen people fight that shit. You know what I mean? Like Corey Sanhagen and cats like that. We've seen people do that shit. But I think they're training their jujitsu all the time. Right? So I think you need to know that you've got that flexibility in you and that yeah, you've fought out of that position before. And I think Gus, he was just like, oh shit, that ain't me. I'm gonna tap. I do not want my arm broken. And uh yeah, that's what happened, man. That's what happened. So Vadoom gets the win. And I think that's his last fight. I think that's either his last fight or he's got one more. Right? But I think that was it. And um, yeah, he, he's not re-signing. He's not re-signing with the UFC. And I think, right? I think it's just down to... Because he got suspended for drugs. And he then he lost his um announcing gig because he had said some shit. And yeah, I he wants to go somewhere where um possibly the testing ain't the same. I mean, but I think we see we're seeing that with a few people. I mean, they want to go where uh, you know you can do a little sauce. So gravy. So yeah, I think that's what we're gonna see. I think Vadum is probably gonna go to Bellator. Because um yeah, I think he wants to fight Fedor again. I don't even know why. Because he won the first time. But yeah. I think that's what's gonna happen. But it's fine. Because I think I don't think Vadum was gonna yeah, I just don't, I didn't see him being, you know, a title holder again. Now, obviously, he's still a good fighter, right? But I think he his title days were done. So him bouncing, it's not the hugest loss. And it's not like he's got many fights left. You know, I don't see him fighting for years to come. Right, so, meh, it is what it is, right? Now, two people, well, at least one we know isn't going to be fighting for much longer. Um, Well, after this fight, anyway, it was Little Nog against Shogun. That's next fight, light heavyweight, co-main event of the evening. It's a trilogy. I'd say, so. you know, you'd think, oh, it's the rubber match, but no. 
<laughs> because Shogun had won the previous two. But this is the thing. Lil Nog, one fight left. He wanted to retire after that. And, you know, you want to go out in a good way, right? You want to go out against someone hey, who's around your level. You know, you don't want to fight one of these new up-and-comers who are quicker, more agile. You know, that could get messy. So you you fight someone, you know, at a similar point of their career as you are. And to fight, you know, Shogun, if he could get the win, he'd, he'd, yeah, he'd be one down. It'd be 2-1. But the last fight would be his win. So, you know... It's still not bad, right? So you can see why this fight happened. Um, but it did kind of go the way you'd expect. Because, you know, the previous fights, they'd been wars. They'd been exciting. But Shogun just had a little too much. And I think with the, the fact that Shogun has been fighting more recently than Nog... Right, I think that's the big thing that separated this fight. You know, because Shogun's just, yeah, he's just been fresher. He's just been in the mix more recently. You know, so not as rusty, and and just kind of more like fluid with those movements. So it was a it was a decent fight. It you know it was a fun fight to watch, it was back and forth and all of that, like they both landed big shots, but that's how the previous fights had gone right, so like no neither of those fights were just you know clean sweeps. Little Nog could have won either of those, but Shogun came back, and yeah, that's essentially what we saw. You know we get we got another fun. Back and forth war. And I think it was a perfect way for Little Nog to sign out. You know? Uh, I don't know what Shogun's doing. Like, he did seem to indicate that he's going to fight on. So, you know, hey, more power to him. Um, I don't think it's going to be for that much longer, though. You know? Don't think it's going to be that much longer. Um, And, yeah, he's not going to be... Challenging for that strap But, hey Be interesting To see, right Who he gets next I think possibly do that Craig fight again That could work For sure But, uh, hey, yeah, we will see But It's all about that main event now, right All about That main event, Whittaker V. Teal Ooh, middleweight, and um, you know the winner. If it's up to Jack Hermanson, will be fighting him, uh, in that uh, you know, number one contender fight to see who get challenges for the belt. But uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens with that, right? Man, this was a fun fight, right? And it's it's an odd one because right. It was a little tentative, but I think tentative is the wrong word, right? Because we definitely saw action, but 
they they were I mean both knew that either either one of them could you know potentially end this. So they were trying not to mindlessly rush in, right? I mean that was the big thing. And we did see that mindlessly rushing in could have dire consequences. Like, um, Till didn't have a bad first round. You know, Till had a pretty decent first round. Um, he put Whitaker down with an, a, a stepping elbow. But I do think that that might have been a bad thing. Right, might have been a bad thing because then we see Till try for that stepping elbow on numerous times after that and not being able to get it, but eating shots trying to get it. Right, and I think that was why Whitaker, I mean, not necessarily that the only reason why, but I think that was in part. How Whitaker puts Till down in the second Because Till steps in Wanting to land that elbow again Gets caught with that hook Right, and um, yeah Till goes down But neither you know, After both went down Like they both got up and did well afterwards Right, so neither were like You know Wobbling all over the place, looking like, oh, and it could be over. You know, it wasn't one of those situations. But, yeah, you don't want to get put down, right? Um, it was close. It, I mean, it was close, but Whitaker looked like he was winning the fight. You know, and I just think Till was still a little hesitant. You know, he's still a little hesitant with his shots at times. You know, I, I think eating the amount of calf kicks that he did, that you could see that that had affected him. Like he did say after the fight that he blew his knee out in the second. Which, yeah, I mean, if that is the case, that definitely isn't going to do uh, you know, a great thing for your movement. But I also do think that the calf kicks didn't help. Um, Whitaker, he did throw a lot of sloppy shots. Whitaker, he did look good though. Whitaker definitely looked um, probably more refined in this fight than he did against Adesanya. But he was still, you know, throwing some reckless shots, kind of lunging in. And I think against some people, ooh, might have had to pay for some of those, you know. But, uh, yeah, I think once he got that more under control, right, he was just able to land on Till when Till would be, you know, coming forward. There's sometimes Till would come forward, but he's looking for that choice shot, so he's not throwing, which then just leaves him in the optimum space to get countered, and that's what Whitaker was doing well, you know, countering, landing those shots, making him pay, 
So, um, hey, you know, although Till lost, he didn't look terrible in that loss. You know, as I said, it was a close fight. But in that being a close fight, Whitaker always looked like he was winning. I mean, especially after that second round, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think it will be interesting to see what happens next. Because I, I don't know who will win out of Hermanson Whitaker. You know, that, that's, that's going to be an interesting one. But we've seen Hermanson get put down with heavy shots, and we know that Whitaker has heavy hands. But also, Hermanson can choke you out or submit you in some way. So it's just like, ooh, what's Whitaker's, you know, jiu-jitsu defense like? All right? So there's that. Um, who do you put Till against? Maybe you put him up against some cannoneer when he comes back, right? That could be something. You know, if Till can win that, that puts him back in the mix. If cannoneer wins it, um, hey, yeah, then you could just say title shot. Like, depending on what the situation is, you know, I don't know. It's in... it's an interesting situation at the top of the middleweight division. But all in all, people, what a fun fucking card, right? What a fun card. Such a... I think this was the perfect way to end Fight Island. And, um... Oh. There were some bonuses handed out for sure. Oh, my God. So, um... Tanaboza. Got a performance of the night for his knockout of Pioza. Um, Tom Aspel got one for his, you know, knockout of Collier. Jesse Ronson got one for his performance of Dolby. So did um, Kazmat Chimev. Which, you just think all of these dudes, definitely... You know, it's nice to see that they got one. Paul Craig got one. And Vadoom got one. Right, so, yeah. They were all great performances. You know what I mean? Like, we saw some other really good performances. But you can't... You can't really deny any of those bonuses, right? Just, yeah, they were... They were... Perfect performances, man. So, um, yeah, that's it. That is it. But uh, it all starts up again in Vegas on the 1st of August. So, um, that's the next card, people. Okay, people. So, we're drawing to the close of another episode But we do have some fight news to talk about before we go So, um, just after um, everything ended last Saturday night Yeah, obviously, Saturday night, right? Um, Peter Sabata retired from um, MMA 
You know, uh, he's not had a bad career. Like, um, he's had 25 professional fights. He's won 17 of those. So, hey, it didn't, you know, he wasn't able to go out on a high. But he wasn't obliterated. You know what I mean? So, you know, hope post fight everything goes well for Sabada. Alright, so um, next week we've got um, Shabazian against Brunson. Um, but on that card, um, Luke Sanders has to uh, withdraw from his fight uh, against Chris Gutzereri. Um, so, as a replacement, uh, we've got Cody Durden, and I believe this will be his UFC debut. Um, then the following weekend, Yusuf um, Zalao, who we've um, seen in recent weeks, he is stepping in. For an injured Steve Garcia And he'll be facing Peter Barrett Alright, so um, Oh, this Is, uh, this is a fun one Alright, so on the 19th of September card UFC 253 Johnny Walker Will be fighting Ryan Stan So, uh, yeah I believe Stan's coming off a win and Walker is coming off the loss to um, Corey Anderson. So, uh, yeah, that'll be interesting. And then we're uh, taking a look at October. So, on the 3rd of October, Jareen uh, Dembrandame is going to be fighting Juliana Penner. The Venex Alien Vixen. Oh, that should be fun, man. Penner is Penner's tough, you know. But Durandere ain't no joke, so that's gonna be an interesting contest. Uh, and finally, some interesting news, right? So I think it's fair to say that one of the um, top featherweights. Who uh, aren't in the UFC Right That's gotta be Lance Palmer Right So currently Palmer is in the PFL And it seems That might be coming to an end Real soon So Palmer has officially Asked for his release And it sounds like If he isn't released Shit's gonna go to court Right, uh, PFL cancelled their season, you know, because of Corona, and because they're running on a season thing, they might not even have any more events until, you know, sometime 2021. Now they're talking about the possibility of a one-off event, but who really knows, right? Um, and it seems this has all come to head because the PFL put out a uh, a press release about um, Palmer's dad. So supposedly Palmer's dad on his private Instagram, he's uh, you know he's got some stuff that's not the best, 
right? It's it's not the best posts and that kind of thing. But it's nothing to do with Palmer himself. You know what I mean? It, it, it's not on Palmer's. You know, it's not on his page. He's not retweeted any of these comments or anything like that. So it is a bit odd that the PFL would, you know, decide to do that. And it seems that, yeah, that's been the last straw for Palmer. So if he does get the release from the PFL, could we see him come to the UFC? That would be interesting, right? Um, But yeah, we will have to wait and see on that situation. But people... That is it for us today. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday. All right. So, um, hey, enjoy your week, people. Peace.